Welcome to Catholics Across the Isle, the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, offering commentary on public policy and civic life. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Conference. My name is Michael Sheedy. I'm the Executive Director at the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. Thank you for joining us for this podcast, Catholics Across the Isle. Pleased to be joined today by State Representative Aaron Grawl, who represents House District 54. Representative Grawl, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. This is actually the first episode that we're recording with uh, with a state legislator. And so perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how you became interested in serving and how you felt compelled to, to enter into this important service. Well, I'm one of eight children and my parents always served our community through volunteer roles. And so I did the same thing growing up all through high school and college. And, uh, and when I returned to Vero Beach, my hometown served in a number of different roles for local nonprofits and really kind of felt like I had reached the capacity of how I could contribute to the community and was looking for some greater way to contribute and ran for office for the first time in 2010, lost and got married though, had a family, continued to serve my community and waited till 2016. And when I ran again, because I knew the one thing I knew after losing in 2010 was that more than anything, I wanted to do the job of a state legislator. And it was the clarity in that loss was so compelling to me that we, we worked hard to win in 16. And, and it has become clear that that was my calling. And um, it continues to send us back to the election cycle every two years in the state house seat. Well, what do you, what do you enjoy most now that you've been at this for a while? I enjoy the problem solving component of government and for the problems that we should solve. I enjoy the defending of our constitutional rights, you know, the, the bigger issues. And it is the life issue that for me makes it all worth it at the end of every session, because it can be a very frustrating process, as I'm sure that anyone listening who pays attention to government, they're frustrated. Those of us in government are also frustrated, but you have to have something bigger that you are working toward and Defending life is that thing that keeps me and my family energized in this in this calling. I know that you're an active Catholic uh, living in the Diocese of Palm Beach. How does your faith play a role in your service? Or? My faith has been, I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic and my husband converted to Catholicism. So I, I feel like I see um, the church through both lenses sometimes and what is just instinct for me and you know a faith that, that a church that's bigger that's universal it it underlies every decision that we make and i think the perspective we have on the world and my conversations with god i think have become much more robust since i began serving i can i can hear him and i can feel the prayers that people say for our family i can feel those prayers when i am on the floor of the house debating an abortion bill or in committee. And, and so my faith has become so much stronger through my service. Now, we talked about what you like the most in it, but I know that there's a lot of sacrifice in service, traveling, demands on your time. But what would you say is, is the most difficult part that people may not recognize from the outside? The most difficult part, um, I 
there's a, there's a few difficult parts, I guess there's always, you know, difficulty. Uh, it can be the toll that it takes on your family. I get to be the the mouthpiece and I feel like I'm the one who, you know, is in the, is in the spotlight for lack of a better word. I, I'm the one who gets to navigate um, the process and your family. Many times the sacrifices they make are so much greater because they, it would be my husband's inclination to always stand up for me and to defend me. And there are times when that's just not, that's not the role that, you know, we, we try not to get into the scrappiness of the back and forth of the media and everything else, but it's very difficult for him to stand and watch me be attacked. And so that, that is a challenge. I think in any marriage, it would be a challenge to not publicly be able to defend your spouse as much as you might want to. And I, I know that that is very difficult for my husband. Well, very often, you know, people who maybe are a little bit removed from the process may not know everything that entails. You, you shed some nice light on the challenges, um, some of what you like, but what do you think are misperceptions that people have about being a legislator? I think that mis- the media perce- the media represents the most divisive culture of politics, where when you are actually in the process and you have colleagues that you respect, that divisiveness is not felt every day in the process. There is tremendous opportunity to work together and I believe to change hearts on important issues. And that I think is a misperception based on the extreme media coverage given to our differences. It's very, very encouraging, I would say. Yeah. I guess you all recognize one another's humanity and the importance of working together and it's great. Well, um, a lot of the folks who listen are, are very involved citizens. Um, what advice would you give them? What kind of encouragement uh, would you give them? I think that citizens' initiatives can make a big impact, even in a state the size of Florida. And you have seen it with the parental rights movement. Um, you see it with faith communities that reach out to their reach out to their legislators. They develop relationships. I don't hear from constituents only when they need something. I hear from friends who have issues that are important to them or other folks who attend the churches that we attend because um, we attend a couple different Catholic churches just because of our schedule and spending time in Tallahassee and in Vero Beach. Um, you know, I hear from people who we have relationships with about what's important to them. And that's how I think that citizens, regular everyday citizens who maybe aren't serving an elected office can still make a difference by developing those relationships and making sure that um, they are credible, that they're credible resources for legislators. So, you know, those folks who have consistently brought me good information that I can rely on, good research that has been tried and true those are people that I turn to when I need help or when I need answers. And I think that other legislators rely on those types of relationships as well. And there may be some folks listening who wonder if they're also not called to legislative service. Is there any specific advice you might give to somebody who who wonders about that and maybe contemplating also seeking office? I think that reaching out, you know, finding people who have done it successfully and having conversations. Uh, but you also need to understand the business of campaigning in order to win. And, and you have to understand, you know, 
how one comes to be here. I think by doing research and by working with people who have successfully brought people, helped assist people to the process before, I think that that's the best way to do it. Meeting with your legislator, getting involved with your local parties, uh, you know, local party politics can be just as crazy sometimes as national politics, but it's still, it is, it's the, it's the country we live in. We live in a country with a two party system and, and you have to participate in that to, um, at a local level in order to be elected, I believe at any level. Now there are certainly a lot of challenges confronting Florida. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, things are improving, we hope, but, um, lots going on, lots for the legislature to continue, but, you know, considering the full range of issues, what are the ones to which you feel most drawn yourself? Well, I work on a whole host of issues because, and and try not to be a one issue member, because I feel like there are a variety of constituents that I represent and issues that are important at home and issues that are important on a state or national level. And so I, um, passionate about water issues and the quality of our water and sustaining those natural resources for the future. Um, I've, because of my profession as an attorney, I have an understanding of, so I find myself in that space because insurance issues affect so many of our citizens and um, the rising cost of, or the way in which they interact with their insurance companies. And then early childhood education is just that has been, it was a nonprofit passion for me before I was ever elected. I helped open a center for infants to five-year-olds. And recently we, my husband and I welcomed our third child. And so we have two older children who are nine and seven, and then we have a, a newborn. And so seeing the world through the lens of a, of a newborn again, and realizing the importance of that early development in ensuring that our children um, reach their highest and greatest potential is um, so important to me. And I believe that there are places where government intersects with a number of children who may need more, more support, and we need to be doing that the best way possible. And one of the uh, key commitments of the Bishop's Conference and the policy realm has to do with limiting the harms of abortion. You were the sponsor of House Bill 265 last session that restored the sort of common sense requirement that a minor seeking abortion have parental consent or the consent of a guardian, um, which which was really a really significant accomplishment and improvement in Florida law. And we look at the INRI TW ruling almost a little over 30 years prior that has sort of cast a pall and undid that that same kind of measure. But um, really grateful to you for your leadership on that. It's it's really wonderful that you could get that for. But how did how did you get involved in maybe policy as a legislator? I would say that under Speaker Corcoran, he um, reached out to me and asked me to help draw attention to some of those issues. I don't think that it was my intention when I was elected to come in and have my first bill be a pro-life bill, but it really, I saw it as an opportunity to uh, really work on one of what I think is a fundamental issue to all of the rest of our policy. Um, Without life, the rest of the policy that we work on does not matter. And so without life, education policy doesn't matter. Our natural resources don't matter if we can't preserve human life. And so I found it to be inspiring to me and to really set the tone for my service 
and have continued as we go into year five, I believe that I will have my year five of my service that there, that I will be um, championing, championing another pro-life initiative this year. And like I said early on, it really, uh, it helps on the toughest days of legislative service to know that we as a family are committed to life and to preserving that life, um, not only at the beginning, but through natural death. And so I just, it's, it's been so important and I've been honored to be a voice um, for the voiceless. And I, I just thank God that he gives me that strength to work on this policy. And, um, and it will be, I think, what defines my legislative service when I look back 30 years from now. You know, I, I will just say, reflecting back on last session and observing the debate on the floor, uh, which look, took a lot of time, and, and knowing a lot of the questions that come, the media focus on on those kinds of bills, what is it like uh, to sponsor a bill like that? It can be daunting because it takes into account so many different complex constitutional issues that navigating that landscape is certainly a challenge for any lawyer. And, um, and for any layperson. And so it can be daunting in that regard. And also it can be difficult to keep the other members on the topic at hand and limit it to the scope of the bill. And so many times a bill like the parental consent bill invites debate over different portions of the abortion debate or other social programs. And, you know, it's really I look at my job to focus on the policy as drafted and presented to the members, the language of the bill. And, and that is always a challenge to keep people on that topic. And so, and not really have a debate about every, every issue that, you know, is, is important to any other member. So that's the biggest challenge. And it is a little daunting, but it is, um, like I said, I feel, I feel the strength through the prayers that I know are said for our family and for me throughout the state. You know, as, as you mentioned earlier, like the importance of relationships with your colleagues in the process, um, maybe who are some of the folks who have been big encouragers as you've, as you've handled bills like the parental consent? Well, I think that I, I, I know I'm grateful for the leadership of the house since I've been there because the speakers have all been Speaker Corcoran, Speaker Oliva, and incoming Speaker Sprouls, um, Speaker-designate. Renner, I think, you know, we see a line of supporters for life issues and that leadership from the top is critical in, in any chamber. Uh, Representative Sullivan, who um, is, has, has left the legislature, but was a mentor, uh, even at, she, she's much younger than I am, but still a mentor to me in this space and so many others in the service. Um, Representative Byrd, Williamson, Representative Grant, um, Representative White, who was started with all close friends who are big, just big supporters of of the the life movement with a, of of life in general, and and so many of my Republican colleagues, um, all very supportive, and even those across the aisle. And I won't name any names, but the the support that I get behind the scenes, just for my strength and what and what they have deemed my grace in how I handle myself. I appreciate their kindness uh, because I do believe that even though we don't share 
idea, this ideology, this belief, um, they still respect my, you know, just, uh, Representative Brawl, I'd be just be curious if there's anything you'd like to put out there, an anecdote that stands out from you or for you from your service. I don't know if there's a specific anecdote. I'm, I'm really bad at that. I know that um, I wrote a paper in college about the dignity of life and, you know, focused on Pope John Paul II's teachings. And I think that that um, certainly has shaped my beliefs in this space. I think that, um, you know, I do believe that God has a time and place for all of us. And um, I have felt that throughout this process that I am, I am where I need to be um, to do his work. And I think that, you know, that's just a, a theme that runs through my service. And I believe it's because of the the position that I've taken on life and, and standing tall for it in the face of so many um, obstacles in our society today that really want to degrade and diminish human life. I think that that's what's, that's been the theme behind is that, is that God has a time for all of us and, and a place. And this is where he has found me to be most useful right now. Well, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Braw, for what you've shared today, for your service. And we look forward to looking, we look forward to continue to collaborate with you going forward. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do, all that you do for life and for all of the important issues that the church takes on in this state. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.